I want to thank you, Britt, for being a part of this podcast. I mean, this is going to be my third time doing it over Skype. Not Skype. This isn't Skype. This is Zoom. We tried Skype. We tried Zoom. Yeah, man. We tried everything to get this together. We sure did. Listen, it has been a long time since you and I have seen each other in person. It's been, you left here in what, 92? Yeah, I left there about, mm, gee, no, not 92. I left there in 2002. Oh, it's 2001, yeah. I'm thinking about something else. I'm looking at some other stuff. But when did you work at the club? I was there from probably 1999 to 2002. Yeah. 1999 to 2002. And you were a fitness trainer, right? I was a fitness trainer. Gym instructor, actually, was the Gym instructor, uh, right. Right, right. And yeah. I, came in there, I came in there and we hit it off right away. <laughs> man i was just so I, I i was just so intrigued being an australian getting yeah. into tokyo and then all of a sudden have these american accents running around i thought i was on a movie set <laughs> <laughs> i can bet i bet i bet, I bet. so how's it, yeah. listen you came when you came here i remember you were all you were full of questions you always were asking you was asking me about starting your business the things you wanted to do and i remember when you had your parents come you had me meet them right away and i remember us being in the um Gamecon Gallery. And I have that picture. I've tried to find it, but I, I can't find the picture with me with your mom and dad beside me and you there. It's, it was really a good time. I really, I really cherished our friendship. Yeah, yeah, so did I. And I'm, I, I introduced you to, the, to my parents. I mean, obviously, you're someone that I trusted very quickly. Yeah. And uh, having my parents there, it was their first time overseas. That's you right. know, I just wanted to show them what I was you know, like dealing with and, and how excited I was. I was I was so excited living in Japan, man! What an experience that was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, know? you were here for how many years? How many years for how many years were you here? How many four? years was I there? Yes. Yeah, four years. Four years, right? And you hadn't been outside Australia since that. I mean, that was your first time outside. Yeah, leading up to that, so I had lived in Australia my whole life, and then went there in the 1999 on an internship from mm -hmm. from Melbourne. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where you're from, Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, are, you, are you the only child? I uh, know I have an older brother and a younger sister. So my older brother is four years older, and uh, sister's four years younger. So I'm in the middle. Are you guys close? Uh, you know, uh, my brother came over to Tokyo, and he actually worked at the American Club. I got him a job as one of the uh, swimming uh, coaches sister, there. Does your sister have children too? Uh, no, she's single, and uh, she lives in an apartment that I own in Melbourne. Okay, and uh, she she loves being single and shows no signs of having any kids. And my mum. I don't know if she likes that or not. I don't know. But your parents are living with you in Thailand, right? Yeah, they're living in Wahin, which is about two hours um, east, I think, no, southwest of, of Bangkok. Mm -hmm. So Wahin, is where the, you know, the uh, the king has a residence there as well. So a lot of the um, elite Thais, uh, you could say, go down there for holidays and have uh, property down there. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a nice area. It's really nice. It's uh, You can drive back and forth from Bangkok. So we got them a house down there on okay. the beach. When you say we, you mean you and your wife? Uh, yeah, me, me and my wife. Wife, uh, and my son. 
They actually should be coming home any minute now. But. That'd be good. That'd be good. So tell me, so your parents decided to leave Austria, actually? Are they living there permanently in Thailand? Uh, here for four years. Four years. And, uh, you know, I think that what a progress it's been, like from first bringing them to Tokyo mm-hmm. and experiencing their first time overseas. Right. And now all of a sudden to them taking a leap on and retiring in Thailand. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm happy because they've got a grandson to play with. We bring him down there every weekend. Right. And uh, yeah, it worked out okay. They they adapted quite well. Okay. So when you first came, when you first came to um, Japan, you came there with the idea, because you got a you got a degree in physical physical education or what? A physical education degree? Yeah, in uh, human movement, sports science from RMIT mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Right, right, right. And then because you and Lori, was it Lori? Lori, right? Lori, yeah. Yeah. Are you, do you keep in contact with her still? There was a lot of um, interns that came over and I think they came over three of them came over per year Laurie came over I'm not sure if she was originally no she wasn't she came over a year or two after me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I, I look in terms of contact Facebook right I mean I guess That's me most too. of us stay in contact by Facebook but in terms of calling up uh, I, I don't think that happens as much right right well you told me when you were here you all you were always asking me about how to start a business what you want to do with your business and you wanted to go and I kept on saying go <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and you, you did. Know, man, it's just amazing what happened in terms of like you and Joe Johnson. I, I want to mention yes. Joe Johnson as well. Yes. It really is something that, I mean, I'm 43 years old now. I mm-hmm. met you guys when I was, what, 19? You're right, right. 19, 20. Right. And, and like how much has changed in you know, my outlook of the world. But I got to tell you that you two put me in the right direction. I really mean that. That's you know, I, I always think of you two. I do in, in, in many occasions, in my business occasion, mm-hmm. in life, when I'm dealing with adversity, I always think of you guys. And even if I'm not thinking of you, I'm thinking of the books that you uh, had, you know, recommended me to. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned last night, the mm-hmm. uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right, right, so right. I read that at that time when you told me to read it, I read it. Right. Um, and I've read a few books since then. And uh, at the moment, I'm reading uh, 12 Rules to Life by Jordan Peterson. I think he's a pretty logical guy. I, I really like this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they sort of, you got me started on that, Max. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, the progress that we've made business-wise has been good. It has been good. I've been, I've been keeping track of you on Facebook. You know what happens, Brett, whenever you end up talking to someone and you, you share your inner feelings, the things you really believe, and they take it on the way that you did, all you do is prove that we're not crazy and that it's not a fluke what we've done because we see that if you apply it it works and you did you said i said just go man you'll never know till you go and you went and i went oh, wait 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 hold it slow down <laughs> i'm not really sure i'm i hope it works and you kept on i mean i'd see you on tv and then you'd be doing this and i said does he speak Thai that quick this guy is going at it and i just loved it then the next thing i know you're married and then I see your little boy running around. I said, I just loved it. I love it. I'm loving watching your story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's it's been an amazing story. And and actually talking to you about this now, and I was I was actually lacking sleep last night because I knew that I was going to talk to you today. Uh, one of the reasons is is because all day long I'm seeing like between seven to thirteen clients a day, and I'm always asking the questions that you're asking me. So right. I'm asking them, and I'm never talking about myself. So so right now I probably have a lot of stuff built up in my 
in my head. And you asking me, is, it's just coming out, you know? Like, it's on, almost it like I've been begging someone to ask me questions. Well, give it to me. <laughs> For example, so how did you get started when you left and you went there to Thailand? You you told me all the time you wanted to go to Thailand. You said you just wanted to see. I was trying to get you to do what you did in Japan, if you remember. I said, what do you have to go yeah. over to Thailand for? I said, do it. But yeah. then you wanted to go. And I said, then go. And you did. <laughs> Why yeah. Thailand? Why Thailand? And how did you yeah, get you, you know, You're right on what actually happened, but there was a little bit in between that that element. Okay. You know, I, I wanted to go and start my own business, mm-hmm. uh, but I also wanted to complete my degree. Okay. So what happened was I think I had six more months left. So I had to go back to Australia and get some stuff done in terms of subject. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, Joe Johnson, Carl Murphy, were recommending that I completed that in order to do the stuff I wanted to do, right? So I went and completed that. And then from there, I went to Hong Kong. And in Hong Kong, I was sussing it. I worked at the American Club in Hong Kong. Okay. Which is not affiliated. They're not affiliated with us at all. I, I wasn't sure, but I just knew it was the same same name. And, the, you know, I, I, I thought it was. But people that, that were members in Tokyo Had ended been, up being okay. members in Hong Kong. Too. That's true. So I ended up doing that. And then, you know, a long story short, I moved to uh, uh, Russia, mm-hmm. right? I moved to Russia for six months. Okay. Uh, and that was an experience of building up a gym for one of my clients. Okay. Uh, I moved to China in Shanghai mm-hmm. and I was doing stuff there at the Hilton Hotel. Right. So I was more on the adventurous type at that point in time, mm-hmm. trying to find a place to put my business. Right. Okay. So, so it ended up being Thailand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so from, were you, did you always have Thailand as a focus? I think it was somewhere that I loved to go on holiday mm-hmm. when I was in uh, in Japan. I went to to Thailand on holiday, mm-hmm. and it was it was a lovely place for holidaying and, uh, as my parents would say, retirement. Uh, the Thais are very laid back compared to the Chinese or the Hong Kong. Uh, they're, they're very easygoing, very mm-hmm. live for the moment type of thing. So I kind of liked that feeling when I was there. Right. I mean, in hindsight. Uh, Trying to go there and, and do a business is quite tough for foreigners, actually, to, to do that. So I wouldn't necessarily advise it to my own son to do something like that. Right. But, but I think at the time, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you do. No, please keep on going at the time. Okay. At the time, I was, ju- I was just more about the, I was a risk taker at that point, I thought. I, like, I, it didn't phase me. I mean, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a son. I, my parents weren't here. I just felt like, like you, you would say, the, the world's your oyster. Just just go and just do it. See what happens. You know, I, I didn't want to live the life of nine to five. I didn't want to live the life of go to university, go to get a job and then retire when you're 60. I didn't want to do that. I knew from a very young age I didn't want to do that. So mm-hmm. I think with the right guidance, I was okay because there's a lot of people that, that come into Thailand and they completely lose it. It's like a Disneyland, right? And they think that they're going to, live there forever and it's going to be great, but they end up losing a lot of their money and a lot of their savings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an easy place to do business for foreigners. Right. So I think that having the right discipline mm-hmm. and consistency with that mm-hmm. separated me from the people that do fail when they come over to Thailand. I was able to get that party atmosphere away from the work. I was able to keep them apart. So that's the biggest thing because it is pretty much, if you come in from, um, a really industrialized country. Thailand's really a bargain place, or used to be, right? Yeah. So yeah. they come over yeah. there, and they want, right? So they they want to party, party, party. But you came over there thinking one thing: business. Yeah, I, I well, 
No, look, I'm I mean, I know you've heard it. Open with you. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. I, I, I went to Thailand because I like to. I mean, I was 20 something, right? I was 27 okay, okay. years old or something. So I am enjoying this lifestyle. I mean, you could go out any night of the week and uh, there's everyone happy and drinking and fun. Yeah. I mean, I was always keeping up the fitness part. That's the other thing that's very important. I never let my health deteriorate. Right. So I would definitely be doing the exercise associated with that as well as going out in the evening at that particular point in time. Right. But it, it was about stringing it all together with a balance that I found worked, worked well enough. So, but, so what was yeah, the Thailand, Thailand, yeah, sorry, go ahead. What was the opening? What was the opening to get you into business? The opening in Thailand, you mean? Yes, how did you start? Yeah, okay, so actually uh, there was a, a member at the, uh, the Hong Kong American Club who came over to Phuket when I was on a holiday from Hong Kong. And they wanted to invest in a gym. And I was a bit shocked by that. I, I wasn't sure where they, were, uh, where they were coming from at that particular point in time. But there happened to be uh, a gym open in Phuket. Mm-hmm. And they were selling it. And this person just said, hey, listen, you know, if, we, if you go in with, with this amount, I can go in with this amount. And that's how it worked. I just, like on the day, it was like that. I just said, I know what to do. I'm ready for it. Let's give it a shot. But you didn't see his place or anything? Did you know what he... Wait, wait, wait. wait. You were where? In Phuket at the time? I was in Phuket at the time on holiday from Hong Kong. And this person, is he from Thailand? He's a Thai? She. 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 She's from England. And she was at the American Club as a member. Okay. Yeah. And And I think her husband worked for one of the investment banks. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to start a gym? Yeah, she had an idea to start a gym in, in, in Phuket. But when she, when she came over on holiday, when I was there, I think her and her family came on holiday and she wanted to suss out some places. So I went around and looked and there was one that was perfect. So mm-hmm. when we looked at it, it was, it was almost instantaneous. Let's do it. Right. And that's how that started out. But what, was you know? so that was, what was her part in it? What did she do? She just wanted to be a silent investor in the whole whole place. That's how that started out. Take, take it from the beginning. Are you still with her? Are you still working with yeah. her? No, no. I, you know, I have to say that that didn't t- turn out too well. How long, you know, how long, I mean, how long a relationship did you have? How long was it? I, I think it was probably, we got through the first year right there. And then I took over. I took over the whole place. And mm-hmm. that went, so it was probably a year and a half of operation. Mm-hmm. And we got over 300 members, uh, long-term members in there at that point in time. I mean, it was going pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, the actual uh, facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I mean, as you know, Lance, I mean, sometimes, you know, you don't know someone very well, or even if you do, when you get to talk about business and money, sometimes it doesn't go so well, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, Do you think it was yeah. more, well, well, see, you're the one telling the story, so, so I won't get a chance to talk to her. But do you think- Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Do you think it was more of her once or your once that made you two decide that your once weren't going to match and you were going to have to separate? You know, I mean, oh, it, it's I'm trying to be balanced as I can here, right? I mean, if you asked me this 10 years ago, I would have had a very quick answer for you. Okay. But I mean, obviously, I'll, I've changed a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, silly enough to believe I wasn't immature as well. So I could have handled things a lot better in certain situations. Uh, maybe let the emotion get the better of me in certain times as well. And I'm trying to get better at that, you know, as time has gone on. But I think that what happened was she wasn't too familiar with Thailand itself. Okay. So there was, you know, legal stuff done certain ways that isn't necessarily done in Japan and China and stuff like that. So what happens is 
she came over and didn't have everything correct as it would be in Hong Kong or Japan, which is normal for Thailand. And that became a little bit of a discrepancy right there. So there were some trust issues that, ha- that happened on that element. Okay. Yeah. But, it, you know, it worked out in the end. I mean, you know, we, we, we sold the facility to a hotel next door mm-hmm. and we both got out, which is, actually, which is actually quite lucky in many ways because I know a lot of people that don't get out. So we, we actually met a problem. Really or someone really gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was okay. And from there, we, um, I mean, I was contemplating on that. And that, that led to great experiences that. I mean, dealing with Thailand itself and dealing with uh, a business for your first time in a foreign country. You know, I think we had 31 staff at that point in time, like 25-meter swimming pool, a restaurant, 950-square-meter gymnasium, you know. <laughs> It, 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 it was cool, man, it, right in the center of the right. tourist town. Who, who did you have helping you outside of, she was just the money side. Who did you have helping you? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you didn't know, how did you know about a restaurant? Now you're going to know about pool maintenance and all these other things that you have to know about to keep that type of facility yeah. going. What did, who did you get with It's you? a great question. I mean, I, I, I reckon I aged 10 years in that time that I was doing it okay. because it was, uh, I felt the stress. I mean, you had to delegate as much as you can, like, be open to the fact when you don't know how to clean the pool, for example. I mean, you've right. got to get the pool man in there, right? So there's right. certain things we had an accountant, and then you have to have. See, it taught me a lot about if you're too nice to people sometimes as well, they take advantage, right? So okay. that was one thing and a key thing that I learned in life, and and I think today that made me the way I think politically too. Uh, we could talk about that okay, maybe that, later. That, that'd be the next. That'd be the next part. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I just think that it taught me lessons about life in that regard, about trust, trusting people, and you know, uh, having a borderline there, and, and and so forth. But one of the one of the things I had to deal with as well is the uh, the corruption element to to businesses in Thailand. So you know, you have what onto your business, which can be quite scary. So you could imagine a 27-year-old having to try and run a business and then all that also had it having these. Right. You, you had to learn quick. You had to learn very quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always said but, this. Uh, I've, always said, I've always said that you have to, I'm trying to teach my sons about business. I said that you have to have the political element. You have to have the monetary element and you have to have the social element. If you don't have that, those three pillars, <laughs> if you just have money and no political connections, you're going to get screwed. If you just have yeah. political connections and no money, you're going to get screwed. So yeah. you need both, but then you need to have a foundation of the society that you're working with that will back you no matter what. If you don't have That's all right. that, then it can get really hairy out there, especially when you're like yourself, where you went over there, you had no support system. You're by yourself. Everything you made, yeah. everything you had, all your friends, all your connections, it had to be come, come from what you, you know, what you made right there. So from you're scratch, right. Yeah. Right, right. It yeah. was a big, a big step to come here and not be able to relate to my good friends. So if I spoke to people from Australia, they would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't really understand. You know what I mean? It, it, it was hard. To, yeah. So I didn't really have someone to, to lay it on. You know what I mean? So you had to deal with that in other ways. Right. Like deal with that stress in other ways. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So, so when you, when did you feel like, I'm sure you're in a place right now where you're feeling very secure. I mean, you know, you can see the path in front of you and it can only get better. You've climbed the most 
some of the hardest places. You know when to be afraid. You know when it's just talk. You know these things now because you've, you've watched it happen around you. How old do you think you were when you started to feel like, I can do this. I got this. Oh, that's a good question, man. Because I think there was two elements, you know. There's, there's one element that happened, I mean, three years ago that I changed my way of looking at life. Right. And that was automatic almost. It was almost like a switch going off. And that was having my son. Okay. Right. And before that was, I can do this. I, I, I've always believed that I can do something that's out of, out of the ordinary. I've always kind of had that. I don't know why. I just think, but when people like you and, and Lance and we, uh, sorry, and Joe, we keep talking about this, it just gives me that more confidence. You know what I mean? Because you guys have done it. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I be able to? So, yeah, so it's always, I'm not saying it, it's the self-doubt. I always have self-doubt. I think everyone that's, does. That's, we do, we do. Yeah, but, but I've always known that that's kind of the direction I want to take. I want to I jump forward there and, and see what happens. So yeah. how, how were you when you, I mean, I know you're still doing it. Like, I feel like I'm still doing it. And I just turned 69. It's, it's something, I don't know if it's the crazy gene or whatever, because when you said you didn't want to live the nine to five and you said you're a risk taker, my belief is that if you live the nine to five, that would be the risk. Okay. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because if, yeah, you, okay. if, you, if you're looking for, if you want anything in life and you think nine to five is going to help you get it, I think you'll die with that watch <laughs> and an aneurysm or something. You're not, and you're still, yeah, well, I mean, why, didn't I, why didn't I do what I wanted to do? And then you realize the risk was doing that nine to five. That's the risk. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect way to look at it. I think, I think Joe Johnson once said to me, I said to him, don't you get nervous when you're having a game-winning shot? Like he's always nailing these shots, like in a three-on-three -three, uh, basketball tournament. I mean, this guy's a superb athlete, right? Right, right, right? I mean, for those that don't know, he's Washington Redskins Super Bowl ring holder, right? So that guy, I, he looked at me like it was a strange question. Right, and he right, said, right. what are you talking about? No one expects me to make it. Right. right? So if I get it, if, if I miss, so what? And I was like, wow, you know, that, that is just, it's, what, it's like you just said, it's, it's right. your paradigm, isn't it? It's, it's a different right. way to look at it. That's right. So, yeah. It's interesting. That's awesome. Interesting. That is really good. No, but I can see that in you. I can see the light in your eye. And I, I mean, your eyes, and I could see that no matter what I said, you, you, were the, you were the kind of person that teachers or anyone who's, who's, who's trying to train someone love to have because, because you're going to do what you say you're going to do, and most people don't. Or I shouldn't say a lot of people don't. So much so that people have a hard time believing what people say. Right. They right. tend to say too much and do too little. And those... Right. Right. You're saying like with enthusiasm too, or they're passionate. People think they're crazy or something. Like Joe yeah, Johnson, yeah. he said he's going to take the shot. You know what? This is this is this the statistic I saw when I guess I was in Louisiana. So I must have been just turning twenty or twenty-one. I got to Louisiana and I got to this woman's place, and she had a lot of motivational stuff up on the wall, and she had the statistics for Babe Ruth who at that time yeah. was the home run champion of the world in baseball. He had right. no anyone else. And they had up there, did you know 
Babe Ruth was not only the home run champion of the world, but he had more strikeouts than anyone else in the world. He was okay. the easiest person for anyone to strike out because Babe Ruth, and when you find out his philosophy, his philosophy was this. If the ball gets anywhere close to where I think my ball, my bat will reach, I swing. Yeah. Because if I don't, he knew what would happen if he didn't swing. There's no yeah. chance for him to get a home run. So That's right. In that respect, he swung every time the ball got high, low, whatever, but he happened to hit enough over the, the fence that he became the home run champion, but people only talk about your successes, never your failures. They're not going to talk. That, well, that's right. You know, and, and that that uh, like that the whole thing about even Michael Jordan, right? I mean, we we've read the slogans and the memes, but how true is it that you have to be able to will be willing to fail to succeed? I mean, I I can't emphasize that enough if I'm teaching my son. Like if you, if you want to stay safe and secure and think that things are going to be okay, you know, you've got to have one foot in order and a little bit in chaos. That's right. Because, you know, and that's that's the, that's from Jordan Peterson, by the way. That's his, yeah. his book, 12 Rules of Life. But mm -hmm. I, I really believe that in order to, to get better, you need to risk these little things like that. You need to risk being vulnerable. I, I'll give you an example, uh, Lee, uh, Lance. I, I've got... Uh, really nervous energy when it comes to doing stuff like I'm doing with you right now, okay? So in terms of public speaking, I've always been very, very shy of doing something like that. And I probably would have avoided something like this before, you know? But I think over time, I've developed the, the risk-taking ability. Like, I want to put myself out there a little bit and see how I go. And if I fail, I fail, right? But I know that I'm going to get something out of it. That's true. Yeah. Listen, for me to start this podcast, I can't tell you every time I do it, even now, and like I said, at my age now, it's a challenge. I mean, I like talking with people. I'm really happy. The thing that keeps me going is that I get to talk with people that I've known, like yourself, whom I get to talk to so many different people, different aspects. And it makes me, it's better than reading a book because it's real life. You know, it's yeah. not after the fact, it's right now. And for and us, I can tell you that you love it too. I, I, I can it. tell you, you really it. are a natural. Yeah, you, you want to know. About no, 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 listen. One time someone said to me about speaking, they heard me speak and they thought, you're really a good orator. You're very good at what you're doing, this and that. And you seem to be so calm. And I remember it was at a Toastmasters that they were saying that. And we were outside, and this was in the winter. I said, if you think I'm calm, look. And I opened up my jacket to show him. <laughs> Drenched with yeah. sweat. I was drenched because that's how nervous I was. Yeah. And yeah. You just have to go forward. After I get started, it's not bad. But again, I don't see this as the risk. I see not doing it as the risk. Right, right, right. It's such a huge as, development. As, and when you said one foot in, would you say one foot in chaos and the other one in what? One foot in order. In one order. foot in order and, they're in a, and a little bit in chaos. Okay. In order to develop. Well, I was so, you know, that. I mean, it's a little bit like the yin and the yang, right? Around yeah. every kind of religious philosophy around mankind is, a, is based on order and chaos. Right. So, so trying to stay secure forever. I mean, it's not really, I mean, I guess some people do it. Like you said, nine to five, right? Security, this, that, and the other. When you say one foot in risk, you know, or chaos, that's the side I would put more weight on. And I would have a little bit okay. of order. You know, let me say what, well, let me say why. Because I've yet to find anyone 
Brett, who can get out of life alive. And that was from your Toastmasters speech that I went to. You know that? I can't get out of life alive. That no one. No one can get awesome out of life speech. That's the only yeah. life alive. So you might as well do everything you want to do now. Because there's only two things you have to do. One is live, and the other one is live until you die. Everything in between you can make up like you did. You went, Who would have thought this little boy raised up in, in Melbourne, right? Yeah. In Melbourne, running around, not even knowing his name so well, would end up someday being on TV, meeting the top yeah. people in Thailand, having his parents come yeah. over to live with who and come on? Who would have believed that? Who? But well, I mean, when you look back on it, 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 it seems quite amazing. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, in Thailand, see, you're not only you're you're a minority there. Like I said, you have no base, and you're still doing yeah, what you're doing. Come on. Yeah, and and now it's going to be a long time now because I have a, a beautiful wife and son, man, and, and I hope they get here soon. They're meant to be here quite soon. Is your wife, I'm is, going to move you over to the over to the no gym problem. here, okay? Just, no, sure. just you can just keep talking yeah. away. Is your yeah. wife Thai? Is your wife from Thailand? Yeah, she's Thai. My okay. wife's Thai. All right. Yeah, right. and and she's uh she's lovely. She's also the person that organizes the the gym for us right now. Right, right. So she, she does right. the schedule. And she takes care of everything pretty much. So she's the most organized person that I know. So most of your classes are in your on on Zoom. Well, you know, this is the this is the next step. So if we talk about going from Phuket to uh, where I was in Bangkok, you know, we're going to get to the online training. That just come from the COVID, right? We had to start doing something. But before COVID arrived, you know, I. I I went to work at the uh, National Olympic Committee. So I was working with Thailand national teams in the weightlifting, um, badminton, and all these sports. The success came when I was with the uh, Thailand national weightlifting team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had one particular client who was working with me closely, uh, who we did a, a periodized program for her. And uh, she went ahead and won gold at Rio. Whoa. So oh. for, for me, that, that is the epitome of doing what you wanted to do, you know, I mean, this is my goal from a child, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it would be to win a gold medal myself, but obviously I don't have the talent <laughs> to win a gold medal, but what I did do was I got the strength and conditioning right so that she could do it. And, mm -hmm. and of course there's a, there's a whole team associated with that, but mm -hmm. I definitely made the program. There you go. And uh, so from there, you know, and this is the amazing thing, Lance, in Australia, if I had done that for the Australian team, I would have had all these different types of uh, uh, followers on social media and I would have, my profile would have been lifted up. Right. But in Thailand, it didn't, that didn't happen at all. It was like, okay, that was great one day. And then the next, you know, there's no interviews. There's no real, who's Brett Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, when the popularity came, the when? popularity came when I, when I started training the, the uh, actresses. Oh, so in Thailand, they don't really view the sports people like they do in the US or Australia or even Japan. So what who they do value is the uh, the athlete. Sorry, what am I talking about? The celebrities, the, the people that act on TV and singers and stuff like that. So right now, I mean, that's that's what happened. And then it built up so much. So, uh, you know, I'm training a couple of really 
famous singers and, 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 and some really good people, like really deep down good people. But what happened from there was the demand became so much that uh, there was something like four or 500 on the waiting list. And I was doing 12 to 13 clients a day. So I'd start at 6 a.m. and finish at 9 p.m. like a madman, okay? Wow. Which isn't sustainable, as you know. No, no, so no. So I was doing that for three years. Okay. And uh, then I started to get staff around. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my staff members just around the corner here, but uh, we, we, we started to get staff. And then I, I did a, a private studio in the middle of Bangkok. Okay. And uh, that was the epitome of probably the best I've ever done in terms of um, finance. Mm-hmm. I think that that was where I was really starting to, to say, wow, this is awesome. This is, this is going really well. And uh, to end that story was uh, at that particular time was the uh, lockdown that occurred. Oh, yes. So that really hit us hard, land. I know, because I, I mean, mean, I saw some of that on Facebook when you had to, and then someone got COVID. One of the people in your, in your gym or something had COVID, and you, they came and closed your place down, didn't they? Well, they, were, they closed all gyms down from oh, the start. Right. Like, like the first business was uh, bars and gyms. So mm-hmm. they put gym in the same category as the most dangerous out there. And look, you know, we can get talking about this topic. And one of the things I like to do is I try to separate the emotional part from the, the facts that you read. Okay. Right. So one of the things that I like to do with fitness is I like to give the clients stuff that is peer reviewed and published. Right. Okay. So that's not the be all or end all, don't get me wrong, but I think it's very important that I'm giving them information that has been proven, that they've looked at all variables and they said, yes, that works or that doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened with a lot of regulations around the world, right, in, re- in regards to COVID is that they've jumped on emotion before they've jumped on actual facts, mm-hmm. right? And we talk, we, we hear in the news all the time about fact this, facts that. Well, actually, ha- how many of those people have actually read the studies that have come out? Like people just read articles and this and that and the other, and that's a good way to get information. But if you actually read the article and then check the study that's quoted in the article, you'll find that not all of them are valid at all or reliable and so forth. So I treat fitness in the same way that I look at the COVID lockdowns. Right. So yeah, that, that, that really did uh, hurt the fitness industry here. And uh, we were shut down for... I mean, what seems to be a, over a year mm-hmm. and uh, the last five months just until a week ago was mm-hmm. lockdown. So that's complete lockdown. You can't make an income. We've had three lockdowns. The first lockdown was that uh, it kind of worked. People were, it was like a, a new thing. People were doing it and we were still doing probably half the clients at that particular point. But then by the third lockdown, people had discovered it. And all of a sudden, you had like fashion models, <laughs> like you had people that were doing like taxi service. They're all of a sudden online trainers. Right. Like they're, they're standing up and they're showing their butt, right. they're showing right. their breasts, and they're, they're getting all these followers. And it just, it just became obsolete. Right. Like people weren't going to pay for what we were doing if they're getting all that stuff for free. If they could look at it for free, yeah. <laughs> That, well, that's the way I look at, at what happened. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I hear you. So, so then uh, the, the lockdown occurred and then we just decided, look, we can't continue to pay full rent, you know, and pay salaries and expenses. So we need to, um, we need to go move. So I moved into a house where I could live upstairs and had to have the gym downstairs, mm-hmm. but still okay. got the same clients. 
Right, 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 right. Because I remember when you moved into your apartment, you had someone design. I don't know if it was you. I think you designed it. Whoever designed your place did such a great job. It was in all the modern design magazines. I think even not yeah. just in Thailand. I mean, everywhere because it was so well done. It was so beautiful. It was on the the head Nike uh, uh, Instagram right. account. That was beautiful. Yeah, man. that was a beautiful. Yeah. Show. Who did the design for that place? Well, I mean, I had a part in it. I mean, obviously, I, so. I get an interior designer, but yeah. I mean, you know, I, you told them. I, I tell them. Yeah, what I want, and then they come up with the fancy stuff, the idea right. and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's do I have there's times right now where I kind of would like to go back there, but at the end of the day, what happened happened. We needed to make the move, and we can go to a bigger place another time. That's right. There you go. It doesn't end. Like I said, it's not over till it's over. So there's a whole yeah. That's right. <laughs> you have a lot more to do. <laughs> that is fantastic. So, what are your what are your plans for the future, Brett? Tell me some of your plans for the future. You know, you, you mentioned something. You asked me a question before, and you said the, 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 the moment that you saw something, the moment you thought you can do it, and so forth. And I said that there were two moments in my life, and I know you can relate to this, Lance, because you've done it four times. So having the sun made me, made me think, right? Now, my goals before would have been maybe to get to the point where I can have a private jet and go get Lance Lee into Thailand, right? Actually, it changed, it changed, it changed. And, and, and it's not to say money is important because it is, but like, I want to be the best I can be for him. And that wasn't something that anyone had to teach, by the way. That, that, that's kind of like bang. Too, for me, too. that's the way I describe it. Same here, same here. Yeah. Well, there's something so, that yeah. I'll share with you on that. Be careful, be careful when you're thinking about a life of either or. Instead of right. and because okay. I had four sons, even though I wanted to have, I mean, I was planning for four daughters or two girls and two boys or vice versa, ended up with four fantastic sons and two great businesses and not or. You understand? What yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. So you can you can have a couple of more kids and still fly me over there on your private jet. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I think that... Why does it have to be an or? It's not... No, don't, yeah. don't, don't start living that life. <laughs> living I, I hear life. you, Lance. I hear you, Lance. I, I, think, yeah. I think what happened, what happened, and this is a great discussion that we're having it now. Is, I mean, it's is. something that, that we don't get time to do. And I know. You should you're do more of. doing what you're doing, right. Exactly. So, so, you, you know, and, and that's probably one positive from the whole lockdown experience is that I can get to think about this sort of stuff, right? And talk to people like you. There you but go. Uh, I, I guess that I had more foot, more of my foot in the order when it came to the sun because I felt like I didn't want to risk as much. Let now, me that's not saying that I'm not trying to get better, but it's just saying I didn't want to risk as much as I was before. Let me say this. The only thing I did different from my sons was I stopped riding a motorcycle, not because I thought I'd be killed on a bike. I thought I might be maimed. I, I had that in my head that I don't want my kids to grow up with a father with one arm or with one leg. If, if I can do, and the bike isn't, as much as I love riding a bike, but I said, as soon as my youngest child turns 20, I'm going to order the bike you see, that great big 2300cc okay. bike. The thing is that 
a lot of people look at our children, look at their children as their future. But I like to say that your children represent your past because the only thing you can teach them is what you've already learned. Now, what you represent to your children is their possible future. So you owe it to them, but more, more, more importantly, to yourself to be all you can be to show them what is possible. Right. That's why that you makes live, sense. that's why you live an and life, not an or life. Because your son's going to be as critical in his view of you as you were with your father. Right. And he starts. I just I'm looking at my son. Look at me. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna keep on putting the bar a little bit higher, higher. And I can see in them they keep on thinking. Wait, he has this and he's done that. And wait, he's not slowing down. Wait, hold it. <laughs> that's why I want them to think about <laughs> this dad. I'm gonna keep on taking those three pointer shots. Knowing they might think I'm going to but guess what? I'm going to keep on being the Babe Ruth. I'm going to swing at everything that gets close. I may not knock every single one over there, but guess what they're going to remember me for? All the ones I did knock over. So That's right. That's Just right. go for it, man. Yeah. But he knows you love him. Show him with every moment you have. That doesn't mean that you... If, if you do, it doesn't matter. He knows, because you know. If he's mistaken, something else is going on. He, yeah. Just like you can tell, love, it permeates so much. It vibrates in such a way that, same way you picked up your wife. You didn't have to do a whole bunch of stuff. You didn't have to peacock. As soon as you looked at her. How do you know that? Because she married you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's not the girl you wanted. That's not the girl you would have wanted anyway. No, that's right. It was, a that's look. Right. it was a look. She felt it. You vibrated. She vibrated. You might have had to vibrate a little bit more, whatever. And you probably liked that. And then bingo. She wasn't just yeah. going off that barrier. She wanted to find out how real it was. And then she said, guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even grace you more by risking my life to bring a child through me. And yeah, she did that for you. She risked her life to bring a child through, you know, bring a child through her, which does take a lot of people out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it does. Them, yes, she it does. Her life to do that. So, hey. And she did it for, I mean, she couldn't probably found a better guy to do it with. So why? Come on. He knows. Yeah. Don't use him. I like to, I like to hear people make excuses for doing what they want to do because they, they're no longer the center of their world. As soon as he came right. in, all of a sudden, it's not about you anymore. When you married her, it wasn't about you anymore. But that's different because you didn't grow up with her. But him, from his first breath outside, you get to, it changes <laughs> Everything, man. You start thinking about your man. Children. I almost fell over. <laughs> you start. Thinking about I don't know your about children. you. Listen, I I was right there. And I'm. Well, I, was, I was there, but she was. Uh, she. They, I'll just put it out. I was. I was sitting down like this. Okay. And my wife was sitting. Was laying down right here, and I was holding her hand. And we had a. We had a sheet right there. Oh, so you couldn't see. So, well, I could if I got up, but right. and that's what I tried to do, and I got up. Like this, and I fell right back down because my legs were so wobbly. Oh, I, oh, I was wobbly. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to get up after that. C- wow. Create a scene and then have the doctor try and take care of the husband. How embarrassing okay. that. Wow. Yeah. How old, is, how old is your son now? How old is he? Two? Did you say he's two years old? He's, he's three. Three he's years two. and two oh. months. All right. Yeah. And he's questioning everything. He's like, uh, no, no, this, neither. that. He's so resilient, mm. you know? And uh, I mean, I'm reading all these books, but some of it works, some of it doesn't work. That's yeah, right. yeah. Because all of us are so unique, but there are a few things that work for all human beings. And one of them, as I said before, is love. 
he'll know that. And that's not something he'll be able to question. He'll know that from you. Right. And then and then with your maturity, luckily you didn't have him while you were still in your adolescence, which I think for men is like him until 29. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe more for depends on the person. And then 40. you get back and you start to, and then you're not struggling so much about what you can do. You're just thinking about what you want to do. You know, and you're thinking, okay, how much more of this do I want to do? Or thinking about it in a better way so that you can amp it up some without having to go, you know, instead of running for that ball when you're playing tennis, make your shots better. Yeah. So that yeah, person, that's right. you know, so when you start to think, because it doesn't take a whole lot to get into that flow. It just takes time to think about it. Think about it, really. You know, doing this could be it. You never know. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, definitely out there. just start placing your shots better. And before you know it, bingo. And then what are you going to do with all that energy? Because at the end of my podcast, you hear what I say, right? Mm. Oh, at no, the, I didn't get to the end. Sorry, Lance. Okay. At the end, at the end, I always say, never forget. It's all on loan. Continue to reach for the stars. And you're too blessed to be stressed. I love that. So those I are the three things I say. The three things I say all the time. It's all on loan. Don't start thinking that you own any of this stuff, including your body. Right. It's, it's on loan. But while you have it in your possession, your control, do the things you want to do with it. You know, who, who owns? I don't need a plane once you get yours. I say, Brett, hey, can you send that plane on over here? To <laughs> I want to go a couple of places and let's go. And I say, and then you say, hey, Lance, what about that yacht you got? I said, it's right at the port now, man. Go on over there and get on and do your thing. The people's all fuel, ready to go. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's an end, basically. Yeah. It's, it's not an oar. Get away from the oars. <laughs> you, you know, one of the things that uh, I had been doing, I mean, when we were dealing with this kind of stress of lockdown, I mean, all of a sudden you go from the highest earnings to zero right overnight now i was lucky enough to be putting stuff away and looking to the future having savings but there was a lot of people here that didn't and around they're the struggling bad around the world yeah yeah so i was lucky enough to do that so in that meantime it was easy and and i did on many occasions start blaming things and people and governments and it's easy to do that actually i mean and and then it just feeds it feeds and that's what facebook does that's what instagram does it feeds what you want to hear it feeds what you want to hear and you get angry and but at the end of the day and and you know this <laughs> i have to change myself that's right? right there's that's things right. that i can do better that's and right. and and one of the things in the last you know since these this covid has, has occurred is that i've been taking care of my my health my fitness i'm running every day I'm going weight training. I think that's so important that you take care of your health before you take care of anything else. It's almost like, you know, falling from a plane and you put the oxygen mask on other people before yourself, right? That's right yeah. You have to go like that before you that's go right. to someone that's else. That's right. what I believe. That's right. And, and, and also just development in, um, in what we're doing now, Lance. Like, this is really important to me, mm -hmm. this conversation, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, just, just uh, listening to what you're saying and, and, and learning, learning about what you're saying and uh no matter who you're talking to you can learn something it's true uh we're you know uh, try, trying trying to be better at, at dealing with people and getting and getting better yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, many many things like that. That's what I've been doing in the whole time. I actually get clients. I mean, they bring this topic up all the time, and I actually get them to hold a five kilogram plate, and I say, "Can you just walk around the room right here?" And they come back, and obviously they feel the difference from walking with and without the plate. And that's exactly what you had like two months ago, and it really works because it goes straight there. Oh my god, that yeah, weight! Cool. How easy is it for me to do this stuff now? Imagine putting a five kilogram or 10 kilogram plate on my back as I'm doing this, you know, it makes so much sense when you look at it like that. That is so good. I like that. That's a good analogy. That's a good way to show them. Get into their head because that's what you're trying to set up. But then it's unfair what the food companies are doing because they're the biggest drug dealers in the world, as you know. Right. And they, yeah, they, 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 they scientifically know that sugar and they they intensify the sugar it's not even regular sugar anymore and it's in everything it's in our toothpaste it's everywhere and until you stop eating it it's hard to taste it anymore but once you stop right then you start, what you mean this is in my you know something you think shouldn't have sugar in it and you say you can taste it then yeah, you, how yeah i've done it before yeah i've done that i'm doing yeah. that now too but i try to stay away from any extremes other than life I like the extremeness of right. life. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, the extremeness of life, I, like a roller coaster, as you want to put it, right? You I love like that it. roller coaster. I like yeah. the risk. I like the risk to a certain point. I like it, you know. And, I, and it's funny, when you get older, you start thinking, do I really want to do that? Bungee jumping is something I always wanted to do until I guess I got to 60 years old. And I thought, if that thing snaps and something happens in my body, I don't know. The, I think I'll leave that alone, but I'm still going to fly. And I'm thinking about getting a helicopter license. There's some other stuff I'm still going to do. But bungee jumping is not so, so important anymore as it used to be. <laughs> oh, too much risk, not enough reward, right? That's right. I'm thinking just for that, nah, I don't think I'm going to do yeah. it. No. But I'll do everything. Yeah, else. getting back to, to the, uh, the supplement uh, that mm-hmm. you were talking about before, this, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a major thing for, for me in my industry. I mean, you talk about supplements and, um, I mean, I'm not even talking about food products or FDA, I'm talking about supplements. Okay. This is, a lot of it is not really approved, right? I mean, they have certain things that they can just hand out to everybody. Right. And I I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know it's a very high percentage of that stuff that the normal person doesn't need at all. And they market the- protein. Protein's a big one, especially for anyone who starts lifting weights. They pack that protein and it's filled full of sugar. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know, I know. Look, oh. there's a lot of stuff that people go in excess. Oh, here's my son. Hey, come here. Come here, Axel. Hey, I'm going to turn you to him. Axel, Axel say hello, Swadee Cup. And that's my big. wife right there. Hey, Axel is big. Hey, come, come on, come on. Yeah, he's a big boy for three years old. He's on the 98th percentile for some reason. Oh, hi. Wow. Either he's going to get all of his height or he's going to keep on growing. Hello. Nice to meet you. Axel. Hello, hello, Axel. How are you doing? <laughs> that okay, is man. That yeah, is yeah. Cool. He's a big boy. You, you got to do that some more. You got to do some more of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's excited. They just got back from their hometown. There you go. All right. Oh, sorry. So I was talking about the supplements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so much. I would say the high percentage of it is just complete nonsense and it, and it, and it's the same in fitness land like there's just so many people out there that just all of a sudden become a fitness trainer 
Now, yeah, I'm not saying that education is everything, right? I mean, it's probably 50%, then 50% is personality and getting along with the client and motivating and stuff like that, no doubt about it. But there's just some absolute nonsense diets out there and, and, and exercise routines that they hand out that is 50 years, 60 years has been proven wrong, but they just call it a different name all the time. But it, it does get a little bit uh, quite annoying, actually, when, when that happens and people spend their money on it and then the same thing happens. It's the mm -hmm. definition of insanity, right? Right, right, Doing right. The same right. thing over and over again. Right. Making, you know, looking for different results, right. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah, See, I, I would help you with that. I would help you with that by saying, treat that the way you probably do the news. Don't pay attention to it. Ignore it. And, I, and with my age, I'm starting to be able to do that more. And people say, why didn't that person get under your skin? I said, what are you talking about? They, <laughs> they've heard everything that person said. And I heard Donald Duck. It, <laughs> it doesn't affect me. How is it? And, you know, unless it's a, if I can see it coming at me, if it's just talk, that was so what? I'm going to listen if they're trying to give me something constructive. But if they're just quacking, you know, yeah. if, if, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. duck. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, man. I mean, yeah, look, that's another thing that I wanted to discuss with you, if you don't mind, Lance, is, sure. is talking about one of the things that I think is important to teach any, any young kid growing up, and mm -hmm. especially Axel, and my son's name is Axel. Right. I want to teach him to think for himself. Okay. You know, <laughs> like uh, what I mean by that is do your own research. Don't just listen to this person said this or this, this uh, news channel said this. Uh, I want you to actually take it all in and then go and find out for yourself what happened. Okay. Because from, sorry, from where I'm sitting, it's a major reason why we're having a lot of confrontations now. And, and it's just from people not doing their own homework, their own research. They're just taking for granted what someone tells them or what this media outlet. And, and as we know, people have agendas. People push certain narratives. You know, and, and I think that's created a lot of trouble. And, and it's created trouble for our business here, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't believe too much in the destiny. I think you make your own, you make your own luck, you make your own path. But I, I just, it's been happening in, in, in my, my mind that this sort of thing's going to happen, you know? Like I, it, like I said to you last night, I'm watching some podcasts and I'm always thinking, you know, I'd like to be the guy on the end of that. I'd go. like to be the guest on that. Because go. it's very rare that you get a chance to do that. Like mm -hmm. very rare. And, and uh, you know, there's, a, there's so many things going on in the head. Like there's so many, I read this, I read that, and uh, I'm thinking about the business, I'm thinking about the family. Just putting it all together and having someone say it back to me is just a huge thing, you, you know? Yeah. That's so true. So I love this. Lance, you know, this, this uh, um, topic you just brought up now and the example that you gave. Uh, if you don't mind, I mean, have we got some time? Yeah, as much as you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I, I think that, you know, the way you handled that, I mean, it, that in itself is, is a teaching a lesson there, I think. I mean, you didn't get angry at the person. You were angry at the actions, right? And uh, if the shoe fits, like if you're doing something, I, I think that's a great way to handle the situation so that they understand. And what I wanted to, to bring that to was that conflict is something that I have probably been taught at school and from, probably from upbringing to avoid, 
You know, uh, Thailand, for example, is a place that avoids conflict at all costs. So they don't say anything and then nothing ever gets fixed. So there's a very big difference between West and East in that regard. And I think that that is probably the major hurdle. Like if there's a problem, no one says anything, nothing ever gets done. Now, what I wanted to do with all of the discussion we've had uh, and by putting my foot in chaos is not to enter arguments, but I want to enter a disagreement, right? A civil disagreement where I don't get emotional, where I don't get personal. I want to get better at doing that so mm -hmm. that I can get my, that I can get my opinion across just like you did. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to link it up into that right now. That, that for me is the next step for me. How old are you now, Brett? 43. You're way ahead of me as far as that goes. Thank you so much, Brett, for giving me this time today. It's been wonderful, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it more than you, I tell you. Yeah. So what do you, so awesome. real quick, how are you going to end this? What do you like to say at the ending to all the audience out there? Well, I don't have nothing as fancy as what you do at the end of your speech. That's, that's, that's my right, ending, not there. yours. <laughs> Well, I've always thought that there's two uh, words that work in my industry and it's kind of come out into life. And I think that uh, the key to it is balance and consistency. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do, have some balance, right? Take the emotional out a little bit more. Take a step back, find that balance, whether it's exercise or food or health or, or your business or your relationships, and then be consistent. I, I, I think that those two words for me are, are ones that, that help me with everything that I've done. Those two. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more to it, but yeah, those those two words kind of ring a bell. I don't have a fancy slogan for it, though. All right. Well, listen, Britt, thank you for your time so much. Here, let me give you a pound, Mark. Yes, mate. Honey, boom. Bang. All right, man. Listen, until yes. next time, man. You take care. All right? Yes. Never forget, Britt. It's all on loan. <laughs> Continue to reach for the stars, and you're too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>